That's the wrong song. Hold on. There we go. <laughs> I'm just going to leave that on there. <laughs> oh, man. The coronavirus couldn't stop this podcast. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we're still breathing with no coughs. No masks. No masks. Come on. <laughs> Alrighty, um, is this episode 43? 42 or 43, I, I really don't remember. I want to say 43, um, ATP podcast, Around the Post, Mark Figueroa, Jake Asai, no coronavirus on Mike 3, we're doing okay, and it's been a, an eventful, good quality tennis week, lots to talk about, I actually had someone reach out to me via message, kind of with a little, throw a little, uh, Stirred the pot a little bit with some content for us, so okay. I want to. I'm gonna surprise you with that in a bit here. Yeah, some, a good topic, and then I've also got a few statistics for us. So uh, you're not the only one with some topics this week, all right? All right, I did all a little right. bit of my, homework. My bad, my bad. I did a little homework, <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, what do we got going on today? This is still uh, your forte. Yeah, we have um, people talking about Sharapova's retirement. Mm-hmm. We have Djokovic's win streak. Can he really go undefeated? Mm-hmm. We have the perfect tennis player, female, WTA tennis player. Uh-oh. We have Curios Beef mm. and the effect of coronavirus also on tennis. <clears throat> and that's what we will start with. All right. Um, tournaments in China were postponed, canceled, not postponed, uh, canceled in February. And they are not going to be made up. What are the major tournaments there? There were uh, 500 events. Um, what happens to these people's points? Do they retain their points from last year? I I didn't read that part, but I'm assuming that they are because the uh, games weren't played. Okay, so that's interesting. Right. Uh, the reason why I bring it up is uh, Indian Wells. Mm-hmm. Indian Wells is just around the corner, five days away, seven days away, whatever it is. Yeah. It's right there, about 30 minutes from when we're um, podcasting right now. Yeah. So this is the reason why. There are nine uh cases of coronavirus in los angeles yeah two in orange county which is the closest that it is to us Mm -hmm. indian wells which is the biggest premier tournament in wta and atp Mm -hmm. besides shanghai yeah those are the two big ones Mm -hmm. they were considering postponing the tournament Mm -hmm. but allison the owner Mm-hmm. said they're going to go on as uh, scheduled. Mm-hmm. If if it were you, would you be afraid to go to Indian Wells? No, I um, I wouldn't be afraid to go to Indian Wells. I think that um, media coverage does make Corona seem a little more frightening than the statistics actually show. Um, I do think it's something to be conscious of, but it's not going to deter me from going is what I should say. So I will be at Indian Wells. Um, you know, and tennis events aren't, they're not necessarily like a lot of other public places are, you know, you don't have to go in there and share food. You don't have to use all their facilities. You don't have to hold hands with people. Um, this is an event where you aren't going to be that interactive with that many people. I mean, obviously if someone has the virus there, there's going to be a spread. So, you know, I think that Events like this are inevitable, and um, I'm not a fan of living in fear, so I, I'm i going. 
Yeah. Um, we spoke about it a little earlier. Uh, mm-hmm. We're not in public transportation. Yeah. So being in our own cars, you, you know, that saves a little bit. Yeah. I'd mentioned to you about the U.S. Open. Mm-hmm. There, I, if I were to go, there I'd be on the train, mm-hmm. uh, touching the pole where everybody's yeah. touching. I'd be touching people. So there, it'd probably be a little different. Yeah. But <clears throat> that is one of the things that doctors say is stay away from big crowds. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. Yeah. So that's the main thing. Mm. So <clears throat> another thing, Kei Nishikori was going to come to Indian Wells, but since he, he, since he is in Japan, they're not allowing Japanese uh, flights coming into the United States. Wow. So that is why he is not coming to Indian Wells. That's the real reason. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason why he's just going to play Davis Cup in Japan. Wow. <clears throat> so there is going to be over 200,000 people estimated at Indian Wells. Mm-hmm. So I guess we just have to go f- hope for the best. Can't yeah. even fear, I guess. Yeah, I'll be there. <clears throat> Moving on. Serena Williams. Um, 2000, I believe it was 18 meltdown with Osaka. It's mm. now in public again. Oh, the man. That's a music video by Taylor Swift mm-hmm. came out and they showed her reenactment of that uh, time when uh, Serena had the meltdown. Hmm. <clears throat> you, Wait, you who's said, reenacting what? Taylor Swift in the man. Uh, They're reenacting the Serena Williams meltdown at the U.S. Open. Oh, my gosh. And they're making it a big deal. She says the man. If she wasn't a man or if she was a man, this wouldn't have happened. That's the Mm -hmm. basis of this thing. Yeah. You were stating podcasts ago when we said this, that that incident wasn't a big deal and it was not memorable. Mm -hmm. What do you think about now? I think that uh, media reenacting it i mean i didn't even know what this happened until you just told me so let me put that in perspective but um i didn't see coverage like this of it in any aspect or form until right now um i didn't see any major musicians or actors or comedy sketches anyone making this moment resurface um so it's interesting that now it's all of a sudden popping up again and i guess that does add some relevance to it you know i'll admit that that makes it get some kind of importance but yeah this is um I still don't think it's going to be a moment we really remember from Serena's Serena's you know long story but uh it's definitely in that year it's that moment for her in that year I'll say that yeah the video is a pro woman video yeah it's positive yeah so that way it was brought up Mm -hmm. I think that is going to be remembered for years yeah and the reason why is 70% of people, when asked if they knew what the tennis sketch was about, they knew that it was about Serena's meltdown at the U.S. Open. Really? So that's a lot. That's huge. They actually said that they remembered that meltdown more than who won the tournament that year. Oh, I believe that. That are pop people, non-tennis. Yeah. So it's a big event. And also the cartoons that were made of her throwing the temper tantrum. It's Mm going to be massive. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not going to be forgotten. That's for sure. Okay. As far as uh, pop culture in tennis, maybe, but not in pop culture. Moving on, people are still reacting on Maria Sharapova's retirement. Mm-hmm. The male tennis players are more positive than the female mm-hmm. tennis players. Uh, Stefano Sissipas was saying that she is one of the greatest of all time, and that people are jealous of her 
and the fact that she got so much attention. Mm. What are your thoughts about that? Um, I think he's too young to to even speak on this. What is he, 19 or 20 or something like that? Uh, he's 21, 22, 21. something like that. Yeah, so I mean, what is he, like 13 years old, 12 years old when she even did anything? Um, I don't think that he really, he was really a conscious, active tennis spectator or really in the moment for these things when they happened. And I mean, I agree that she does. She got a lot of attention and she always has in tennis. But this is a guy who, come on, she's not an all time great. She's not. She's not in the top. She's not in the top 10 female tennis players. She's not in the top 10. Um, I can name. Just in the last decade, people who were active on the tour, 10 of them that are above Maria Sharapova, you know, and not to say that uh, they were in their primes during that decade, but, you know, I disagree. So, yeah, that one's going to be close mm. uh, with, uh, obviously, you have Navratilova, um, Chris Everett, um, yeah. uh, what's Serena, Groff, Venus. Serena, but then after that, you're starting to Hennen. drop down, Hannon, Kleisters. Yeah, we're almost Hingis, at 10. Hingis, that's eight. Yeah. And now Sharapova has five. So now mm. we're getting close. So she could be, if not in the top 10, maybe 11, 12. That's mm. my opinion. Okay. I'd have to look at the slam counts and a few other statistics. But look, I, uh, while, we're, while we're on this topic, I, um, I had someone kind of stir the pot and send me a screenshot of, you know, Scoop Jackson? He's a sports writer. Right. Uh, this is a, a direct quote from him. Roger Federer, he's won 20 Grand Slams. Steffi Graf won 22 Grand Slams, but won all of them at least four times. Roger Federer has not done what she's done. So I say women are more dominant unless men start doing it at that level. End quote. React. That's, that's a tough uh, argument. The, the basic argument is always going to be the men's competition is stiffer than the women's competition. Mm-hmm. But she still did it. I will say this, though. Monica Seles, which was her biggest competition, yeah. was stabbed mm-hmm. at that time. Yeah, I truly believe, putting the men aside, this no longer has to do with the men. Yeah, If, if Monica Seles would not have been stabbed... I do not think that Steffi Groff would have made as many finals. That's mm-hmm. my opinion. I agree. So in that aspect, yes. Yeah. So, um, so here's my uh, also my uh, rebuttal for that. I disagree. I don't think that uh, she is even considered the greatest female tennis player of all time. And I think she may have more slams than Serena right now. No, Serena has 23. Oh, she and, has 23. And, and Steffi has 22. Okay. Yeah, so Serena was considered a greater player than Steffi when she was at 19 and 20, was still considered a greater player. Um, if you can't supersede the people, you know, that are below you in slam numbers, how are you going to supersede a complete other gender in tennis, you know, tour, the men's tour? So... At least we do consider Roger Federer the greatest in men's tennis. We don't even consider you the greatest in women's tennis. So, you know, I disagree there. I think Navratilova was a better tennis player. I think that Serena's a better tennis player. And after that, we can debate. Right. We can debate from there. But um, 
Yeah, we're talking about in men's the history of men's tennis. In the top five players of all time, three shared an era. Yeah. So I don't think that's ever been ha- – that's never happened in women's tennis. So The only thing I'm going to have to say is this. The Grand Slam is the hardest thing to win. Yeah. Rod Labor did it twice. Steffi did it. Federer has not done it. Djokovic mm. has not done it. Federer in 2003-05, quote-unquote, didn't have any competition, correct? Mm-hmm. And he didn't do it. Yeah. Steffi did it. Mm. So what do you think? What do you say on that? Um, once again – I also have to say, uh, I think if you get if Federer doesn't have just Nadal or Djokovic missing from his era, he has thirty slams. Just one of them is missing. Um, or well, maybe thirties a reach, but at least twenty five. At least yeah, 25. you can maybe add a French Open. Yeah, you could sure. add at least two French Opens if Nadal's missing, and you can add at least two, maybe one more Australian, one more uh, U.S. Open. If Novak's not around. So, oh, no, two more Australian Opens if Novak's not around. But regardless, my point being, um, I do think that Federer's overall game and accomplishments and the era he belongs to are more significant than hers. That's all I'm saying. <clears throat> yeah, um, that that would be my argument backing up the women. Mm-hmm. And she also won the Olympic medal the year that she did win the Grand Slam. That's incredible. So that's the Golden Slam. That's incredible. Which has not been done. That's incredible. Now, making a smooth transition, Novak Djokovic is on a 21-match winning streak. Mm-hmm. He's won 18 this year after he beat Stefano Sissipas in Dubai. He stated, trolling, mm-hmm. I think I am going to go undefeated this year and break mm-hmm. every record on the ATP. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts? This is how scary this man is. If he wins the French, it may happen. Think of it this way. In 2011, I want to say it was 2015, he has a few freak years where he really played at his highest level. All those years, do you know who was the first person to beat him? Roger Federer. Makes sense. Guess who's not on the tour right now? (laughs) I don't know who's going to stop this man right now if uh, Nadal doesn't do it on the clay. So... Um, I don't see anyone who outfavors Djokovic on a tennis court unless it's Nadal on clay. And even then, we are really having the most doubts in Nadal we've ever had on him in a clay court game to date. So, Djokovic, if there's ever a time for you to stay healthy and really change history, it is in 2020. So, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing if he can accomplish it. Um, I want to be a part of history, so I'm here to watch it. He's won multiple times uh, 20 uh, straight yeah. matches. Yeah. The most he did was 43 mm. in 2013. Yeah. Now, here's a stat for you. McEnroe in the 80s went 83-2, and two. <laughs> 96.2%. Oh, my god! Can Djokovic do that? That's so crazy. Um, Djokovic's game is great enough, but he'd have to have a very clean quality schedule and be very healthy. I don't think I've ever seen him do everything all at the same time in one year. Be healthy, have a a mentally healthy year, physically healthy year, and um, you know, perform at his highest level in tennis at the same time. 
if he pulls that off, it can happen. Yeah, that's that's tough. Now, you brought up the Grand Slams. Mm-hmm. He's unbeatable, right? Can he win all four Grand Slams in one year? He did win the Australian. It's very possible. It's very possible. It comes down to this next slam. That's what it comes down to for Novak. Novak can win the U.S. Open, and he can win Wimbledon. But he's got to find a way to win that French. I think I think if he pulls off the French, the momentum's going to light up. That's where the problem's going to be. Even at the U.S. Open, he's actually done fairly bad as well yeah. with the heat. I think he can he could, he could find a gear. Okay. I think he can find a gear. At the French Open, the mountain is taller. Mm-hmm. He's lost to Dominic team three straight years. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you this. If he faces Dominic team in the semis and then Rafael Nadal in the finals, that's a tough call. That's ridiculous. I really I'm not liking his chances. I'm not either. If he plays one of them in the final, that's a different story. Yeah. And hopefully he can keep his one spot because if he does, then he will just face one player mm-hmm. at the French Open final. Yeah. And then I'll say, okay, go for it. Yeah. His draw is looking favorable if he can maintain what he's doing. So. Right. Moving on. The draws for the doubles at Indian Wells are insane. Mm-hmm. You're going to have... Nadal and Mark Lopez returning together. They are the 2011 and 12 champions at Indian Wells. In doubles, yes. In doubles. You're going to have the Bryan brothers. You're going to have Dominic Team playing doubles. Mm -hmm. Djokovic is going to play doubles Mm -hmm. as well. Zverev is going to play with Fognini. Whoa. So Fognini left Djokovic. And... Uh Zverev is also going to play doubles as well. Wow. What do you think of the top 10 players really going at it at Indian Wells doubles? Uh, Indian Wells is a special event when we go to it for this exact reason. You know, there is all-stars on every single stadium and court playing each other. The doubles is really good, and we get to see high-level tennis. I'm looking forward to seeing these guys because we usually catch a few singles players going deep in this tournament for doubles. So I'm looking forward to it. I did... Uh, Javier, one of our listeners, friend of ours, a friend of the show, we'll call him. He um, ran into Kyrgios in Palm Desert. <laughs> yes, so he did. that means that Kyrgios is in town. Do you see him on any draws for anything? I didn't see him in the doubles draw, uh-huh. but I'm pretty sure that he. I think he's going to play at Indian Wells. You think I he think? is? Yeah, because I know he had the injury. Right. So I'm curious, but he's here. He's out he's here. here. Okay, so that'll be interesting to find out about. That was pretty cool. Got a little behind-the-scenes fact there. Right. That was a... He's present. Yes, that was really cool. So that's a, that's a big thing. In the women, uh, all your big doubles teams are going to play. Um, Kiki Majanovic is going to play with Bavos. They've won uh, titles. Mm-hmm. Um, who else is playing? The Wim- Wimbledon doubles champions are playing. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately for the women, not a lot of top singles players are doubles players as well. Mm-hmm. So they're just doubles players. Okay. Now, here's a question. Would Osaka been good playing doubles, getting prepared for the Olympics? Would it This would have been a her? great time. This would have been a great time. Her and Nishikori, if they could team up here, that would have been ideal. Um, this kind of also goes into the she's not a true Japanese person because <laughs> she will be at Indian Wells. <laughs> we will see her there because she doesn't live there. Um, but 
I am glad she will be there. I'm hoping to catch some of her tennis. I do enjoy watching her play at least. So, um, yeah, I'd love to see her still play doubles if she could play with someone else and just build the confidence up, you know? We did get a little bit uh, hyper and skip a subject. Uh, the women talking about Maria Sharapova. Mm-hmm. A lot of the women said negative things. Oh, yeah. They said she was very bad in the locker room. Mm-hmm. She wouldn't talk to people. We're her basically co-workers we travel with this woman Mm -hmm. um she was very to herself and she comes off very cocky Mm -hmm. and she's basically not that good to be that cocky Mm -hmm. especially after the melodonin catch yeah there was a couple women that said that Mm -hmm. Jeannie bouchard was one of them Mm -hmm. and i really don't remember the other one Mm -hmm. uh what are your thoughts on that um I don't think that it should matter how good you are with how social you are uh, in her defense. No one's required to be friends or buddy, buddy or social or even a nice person. You guys are competitors. So if that's how she chooses to be, whether it be introverted or uh, snobby, honestly, kick her butt on the court. You know, that's that's what it comes down to. And if she wants to be that way, I do not care. That does not affect whether I like her or not. I think it's almost funny how much tennis players want to be nice and social in the locker room. Not that they shouldn't be friends or anything, but, you know, there are going to be some more fierce people there. And there's going to be some people who are there for strictly business. So I don't think that anyone should be offended or hate her for it. Yeah, I agree. Um, She's doing what Djokovic wants to do but can't do. So, so I'll, maybe she has more balls than Djokovic. Right, I'll give her respect like. for that. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. So, yeah, there's really nothing wrong, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, she is going to make her final two games in um, World Team Tennis mm-hmm. in July. She's going to coach a team in Orange County, where what? the team is from. And then she's going to play as well. So I believe she's playing with the Bryan brothers before they play at the U.S. Open. Uh, Sharapova? Sharapova. Wow. At World Team Tennis. Okay. Um, what are your thoughts on her farewell? Um, I'm glad she's doing something on a tennis court. I don't care to watch any of it because I wasn't a fan of her game or anything like that. But I think that that is something you owe to tennis, which is to say farewell, say farewell on an actual tennis court because that's where we said hello to you, you know, so... That sounds good. I'm glad she's coming to the States and, you know, paying a little bit of dues here and there. Um, good for her. I think she's doing it the right way. Fair enough. Yeah. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. Moving on to the Nick Kyrgios topic. Mm, Kyrgios. Yes, the big drama. If he doesn't play, he's making news by calling out people. Uh-oh. Uh, the new world number 77, Gianluca Mager. Mm-hmm. He's an Italian player. Mm-hmm. Now, this is something about Kyrgios that's kind of weird. He <laughs> makes... People that nobody knows, relevant. <laughs> and then they go on to be and successful. And then they go on to be uh, good. Casper yeah. Rudd being one of them. Yeah. This guy won the 500 event in South America on clay. Mm-hmm. He started to cry. That's his first victory. Yeah. Kyrgios called him out. He said, <laughs> really? Really? It's, a, it's just a clay court event. It's only a 500 event. Mm. Really? If you win at least a 1,000 event clay, then you can cry. Yeah. Clay is really nothing to be proud of anyway. Whoa, hater. What, what do you think? Now, sorry, we do know that he basically didn't play on Clay last year yeah. because he said that it's ugly. Mm. He took pictures of Wimbledon and mm. said, oh, Wimbledon is way better than the French Open. Yeah. 
what do you think? Should he fix his act and just say, look, Clay is Clay. You know, let's play. He should come to terms with the fact that maybe his game just isn't suited for Clay. Like, um, I don't understand why he has his hate for Clay. I love all the surfaces. I love that Clay brings something different to the table. And I think Clay is the only surface on the tour right now where the surface itself really does change the outcome of matches. You know, we see dominance from specific styles of play because of how unique the surface is. All the other surfaces are really starting to blend together. So I think that it's uh, unfortunate he's such a hater of the clay season. I, I like clay. I think it's what you said because he can't win on it. Yeah. So he has to make excuses. Yeah. Pete Sampras, who I'm not, I'm not going to say was similar to Nick Kyrgios, but he had the big serve, big yeah. forehand. Shot maker play. Yeah. The shot maker. His best result was semifinals. Yeah. So those types of games aren't suited mm-hmm. for Clay. You need to have more control, more shot selection, which Kyrgios probably is not patient enough to have. Yeah. So now he went on to say, you're ahead of my boy Tiafo, of my boy Pops Basil. That's really cute that you win the Clay Court event and you're ahead of my guys. Mm-hmm. So that's what he said on this guy as well. That's his way of saying, it's a truly significant accomplishment, but you don't need to be crying over it. That's what it sounds like he's saying. Right. So, I don't know. Kyrgios, make it happen, man. Let's go on clay. Let's go. Shoot. Last uh, piece of news, the perfect female tennis player. We had this discussion about the men. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say unfortunate, but the person saying about it Mm. is a little less known. Okay. Mary Pierce. Do you know who she is? I do not. She won two Grand Slams. She mm-hmm. won the French and she won Australia. Okay. And she won it in the time of Annan Kleisters. Oh, oh, yeah. That's a great time to win, though. So that's when she won it. That's impressive. She made her top female tennis player. Okay. She said that the best forehand is going to be Steffi Groff. Hmm. She said that the best serve is going to be Serena, Will- Serena Williams. If she said anyone else, I wouldn't want to hear the rest of her list. She said that the most heart is going to be Monica Sellis. Okay. She said the most tangibles, meaning shot selection, uh-huh. is going to be Martina Hingis. Okay. <clears throat> and volleyer and tenacity and uh, training regiment mm-hmm. was going to be Martina Navratilova. Okay. Do you have a problem with that WTA tennis player? Um, I don't know about the forehand. I'm not sure on the forehand. I'll give you some stats if you want to know. Um, let me get some stats in a moment. I didn't hear a backhand. Did we get a backhand? Oh, sorry, sorry. Backhand was uh, um, Gabriella Sabatini. Okay. She played in the early 90s. Mm-hmm. And the reason why Mary Pierce said that she gets it is because she hit with RPM on the backhand. She has a one-handed backhand. Mm-hmm. And she hit with RPM on the backhand. So that's why she said it's more versatile yeah. than any backhand she's played against. Okay. In my opinion, it'd have to be Annan. Mm. But she's a pro. Yeah. So she probably knows more. Yeah. Going to the forehand. You're talking about all forehand. Uh, Steffi Groff was all forehand. Mm-hmm. She sliced everything to set up for that forehand. <laughs> that's had, true. That's very she true. She had top, flat, angle. Mm-hmm. She, as a matter of fact, they put the top 10 forehands of all time in a list. Mm-hmm. And Steffi Groff was number seven. Male and female? Male male 
male, mm. and she was the first female on that list. There was no other female in the top 15. Wow. So now, do you think that I, her forehand I is still bad? I am convinced. Oh, I never thought it was bad. Of course. I do think she has a complete game outside the slicing the backhand, which even that is impressive in itself. But uh, yeah, I'm sold. I'm sold. Yeah, the, the, the technique, mm-hmm. the way she hits it. Yeah, it, it's all day. Steffi Groff, for sure. The tangibles, I agree with my, um, Martina Hingis. Yeah. She had the whole arsenal. She had no shots, big shots at all. Mm-hmm. All she did was outmaneuver people, mm-hmm. and she'd get them to do what they wanted when she wanted it to be done. So for me, that is a perfect list for a female tennis player. Okay, I agree. I agree. As long as that forehand is what you said it was, and I can't argue that. Trust me, it is. I got some stats for you here. Uh, these are not super crazy stats, but um, they're just some stats that I've seen pop up across the internet You know, as I read about tennis, and um, I thought they were interesting. So we're in the year of 2020, right? Right. So 16 years ago, it was 2004. Since 2004... These are the people who have won a slam that are not named Federer, Nadal, and Djokovic. Or Murray, sorry. Godio. Yeah, Clay. Safin. Right. Wawrinka. Del Potro. That's it. Uh, Chilich. Oh, and Chilich. And Chilich. Marin Chilich. That's it. There's no one else since 2004, 16 years. And if you want to take Murray out the equation, that's only three slams he got, yeah. you know. So that is a freakish stat. Um, does it change this year? Dominic team. He's going to be the one closest to it. Does um, he do it this year? I don't know. It, Clay is going to be the one. I think maybe he he's facing the doll two years in a row now at mm. the French Open. I think he knows what to do. Mm-hmm. I do think that if it's dry, he has a chance. Mm. Wet, sorry. If it's dry, the ball's going to jump up. Mm-hmm. So if it's wet, I think Dominic team can beat Nadal. All right. All-time most ATP titles in history. At number five. Novak Djokovic, 79. Rafa Nadal, 85, number four. Lendl, 94. Number two, Federer at 103. Number one is still Jimmy Connors at 109. I used to think that that wasn't going to get surpassed. I'm starting to change my mind a bit. What do you think? What do you think, five years from now, what do you think the order of this list will be? Where's Djokovic? Number five at 79. He's six behind uh, Nadal. Nadal. If he keeps up a certain schedule, mm-hmm. he might. But if he doesn't, I don't think it's going to be surpassed. I think it's going to be Federer at the closest. Yeah. Federer at number one in five years? I don't think he's going to play that long. Um, so in the next couple of years, do you right. think he'll win at least seven titles? That's a tough question. I think he's gonna come closer. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think so, especially with the knee surgery. Yeah, I think uh, Federer being 
within potentially two or three of it may kind of dangle that carrot close enough for him to pursue it. Right. But, um, yeah, uh, I expect Nadal to pass – well, for Nadal just to pass Lendl, he's going to need ten more titles. Right. That's a lot. For Djokovic to pass Lendl, he's going to need a lot more titles. So, it's it's tough to say, but, yeah, we're talking 10 to 15 titles for either of them to move up. So, Since you brought that up, let me bring something up to you. Yeah. Dominic Team just passed Federer as the number three player in the world. Mm-hmm. There's only been seven, seven or eight different people since 2004 to be number three besides the big three. I have the list if you want to hear it. Okay, go ahead. List of people outside the big three to be ranked number three. Zverev, Wawrinka, Dominic Team, Andy Roddick, Milos Raonic, Andy Murray, David Ferrer, Dimitrov, Del Potro, and Chilich. Okay, seven out of ten. My bad. So, my question to you is, is Dominic Team a permanent fit at number three in the big three or will Federer regain his number three spot um I'll be completely honest with you I do not see Federer taking back that number three spot ever again ever ever Interesting. Um, I do see Federer winning tournaments still um I just the level of tournaments and consistency in the schedule we will see from Dominic team adds up to more points than what I imagine Federer doing. Um, ultimately, I do think that Federer can still go out there and be successful, be a top five player, probably number four or five, at worst, maybe number seven. But I don't see him winning many slams from here on out. I don't really see him winning any slams from here on out. And... Unless that that surgery is a miraculous recovery, yeah, I'm just hoping he gets uh, his 110, his 110 on the tournament's one. Right, fair enough. Yeah, I will say this: if Dominic Team doesn't win a tournament, a Grand Slam, mm-hmm. and Federer does, then he's gonna get close to reaching three. Yeah, that's because, true. Because uh, Team is winning tournaments, but they're kind of small. Besides Indian mm-hmm. Wells, yeah. So. Uh, if he does want to keep the top three, he better start winning Grand Slams. I yeah. will say that. And he needs to perform well at this Indian Wells. Right. He's the defending champion. Exactly. So we'll see how it goes. All right. That concludes this episode. I hope you guys were entertained with a lot of facts. A lot of stats and facts.